impacts them every day. I think we're going to do a great job. going on guys welcome to the modern man podcast where we connect men in pursuit of their potential join us as we embrace discomfort cultivate community and put wind in each other's sails now if you're ready to take your personal and professional growth to the next level be sure to like share and subscribe to the podcast and don't forget to check out the noble knights mastermind group where you'll find the support accountability and mentorship you need to achieve your goals Join us and become a part of a community of like-minded men on a mission to improve themselves and elevate their capacity for life. I'm excited to introduce out of Sarasota, Florida, formerly out of Massachusetts, Jeff Higgins, co-owner of Fraternity of Excellence, landlord, angel, investor, uh, trader, all around dope guy from what I could tell on social. Jeff, man, thanks for hopping on the on the show. Ted, thank you for having me. It's amazing how much our uh, our interests align and in what we're trying to do here. And uh, no, I, I appreciate you having me on and looking forward to the conversation. No, absolutely. And uh, I love sharing all the titles, but I know that only tells the end of the story. It doesn't really tell the the backstory or the ropes, the pulleys, the sweat and all the tears that that made you into who you are today. So I love making sure that I give an opportunity to the guest to introduce themselves in their own words to the audience really quick about who you are, what you do, really what's important to you. So, Jeff, I'd love for you to uh, take the microphone, take the floor and, and address the audience. Yeah. Um, where do I begin? So I've been um, an independent investor for about the last 18 years. I graduated school. I worked a corporate job very briefly, and I quickly knew that wasn't for me. I kind of had the idea when I was a little kid, you know, school wasn't wasn't a great fit for me. But so I wanted to go out on my own. I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Wasn't exactly sure what to do. And uh, just to keep the story brief, I tried a few things and gravitated towards real estate. Real estate made sense to me. Um dip my toe in. It worked well. So I dipped my toe in a lot further. So for 18 years, I, um, I bought, managed and, um, acquired rental properties. I started a property management company briefly, but I've had my hands very deep in rental properties and rental property management. And that's what I've stuck with for the past 18 years. Um, invested in some other things along the way, but then most recently I became the co-owner of another men's group. It sounds like it's pretty similar to yours. It's uh, called the fraternity of excellence. And I spent a lot of time in that because I joined as a member four years ago. It helped me improve my life so drastically. You know, I was doing well in my career and I was doing okay in other areas of life, but mm -hmm. I was not scratching the surface of my potential as a man, as a leader, influencing my community, leading my family as best I could. So I learned those skills in the fraternity. Um, luckily, I was offered a chance to partner with them. So now that's what I'm really focused on is trying to spread the word and grow the fraternity. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's an honor to have you on the podcast and sharing and spreading that word, because kind of what we talked about really on the pre-call was, you know, this this is something that's needed and we need to put this front and center. More men need communities like this, need to have that inspiration. And something you mentioned that I wanted to touch on, because I know there's a lot of guys listening right now who are like, you know, I got to figure it out. I'm doing okay, right? I'm making good money. And you kind of said, you know, like, you were doing okay. You were doing well in business. You're doing okay in other areas of life. Um, where was the, I guess, acknowledgement that there was room for improvement? Because I think sometimes the most dangerous thing for guys like us that are doing well is, you know, good is the enemy of great. And we just get complacent. So what was that, I guess, that moment of realization like when you're like, man, I, I could do more. So we, we don't know what we don't know, right? I knew a lot about real estate, but I didn't even know what I didn't know. And um, 
I've naturally always wanted to strive for more. I have this uh, blissful dissatisfaction. People have said, you know, I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at, but I, w- I want more. I want to be the best. And, you know, I'm very aware of how finite life is. So I could listen to myself and I knew that there were a couple things I was unsatisfied with. Um, for one, I wanted to have the best marriage possible. I had a good marriage, but I wasn't satisfied. I wanted the best marriage possible. So I did a lot of research and learning and like, Long story short, there were a lot of things that I needed to do. It was never about the other, you know, it was never about my wife. We we got along fine, but I needed to step up my leadership in certain areas. And fitness-wise, like when I joined the fraternity, so actually five years before I joined the fraternity, I got sober. I went deep into cardiovascular training and I did an Ironman even. I got really skinny. I joined the fraternity and then I realized, you know what, I, I I didn't want to be fat, but I also don't want to be skinny. Like I want to put on some muscle. So just being around a bunch of guys, I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know that going down the road of strength training would benefit my mentality so much. And it all works together so well. Like I could not have gotten to this place in my life alone thinking I knew it all. I needed other guys who were also striving for more to help me out so I could realize what I didn't know. Yeah, no, I love that iron sharpening iron, right? And and even just before this podcast, I just got out of the gym with a few buddies, and um, we did a push up pyramid. And I'm not, you might be familiar with that, where you start at one, and then your partner does one, the other one does one, you go around, they do two, and you go all the way up to ten or fifteen, and you go back back down, and it sucks. Like it's just, it's not fun, right? And and it's funny when we were like, oh, let's do a quick push up pyramid to finish off our chest workout. We started laughing, and the third buddy never did it before, and it's almost like those moments of, I guess, shared pain is mm-hmm. also a moment of bonding, right? Like, it's like, man, we just, we just went through something and yeah, that, that physical fitness is an important thing, but it's also what you mentioned is like, I could not have gotten this far alone. It's, you know, if I were by myself, I probably would have just gone up to 10 and gone back down. Right. I might've just you know, maybe gone up to 10 and not go back down. It's easy to kind of tap out when it's just you. And for those that maybe have the integrity, they have the discipline, they're like, oh, no, I'm good. Sure. But I think it it turns up a little bit more when you have other people around you. So uh, I'd be interested to know in terms of what does community do for you as a man, where you mentioned, okay, you don't know what you don't know. But when things get hard, when life punches you in the face, which it's punched me in the face and I'm now I've gotten old enough where I'm like, okay, I'm waiting for the next punch. (laughs) You know, I know it's going to come, but when things get hard, whether it be in business relationships, life, fitness, how does a community and a group of men to pour into help you get through? Sure. Yeah. I've taken plenty of punches over the years and bad things. And the main difference today is emotional regulation. Really. Um, I learned from a lot of people just how to be more stoic about things. Uh, realizing an inner belief in myself allows me to handle these situations a lot better today. Um, if you're talking about what I do in the moment, you know, I could bring it to the community, but this comes up so much less frequently personally, just because I've learned how to deal with it myself. Now I learned how to deal with it myself by engaging with the community for years. I learned these skills that I didn't have. I used to have anxiety. I used to have a lot of self doubt and I would panic. And I don't do those things today. And it's a result of years of learning about myself and processing issues. So today, as newer guys come in, you know, we have a 911 channel. If a big event comes in, they freak out and, you know, we help them address it. But really, the lesson to take away from it is we make it through all these situations, even the really bad situations, you do come out the other end on it. So how did you make it through that situation? You need to realize that 
you are able to make it through those situations. And then the next time it comes up, just have a little more self-belief and a mm -hmm. steadier hand, knowing that you'll find your way out the other side. Yeah, no, I love that. I, I did a list on my phone uh, not too long ago, and I wrote down uh, the punches. And I, I it was 2019, and I mentioned failed $30,000 investment, like money down the tubes, right? Um, my wife leaves a good paying job supports on me COVID hits pay cut all these things that happen my dad gets emergency surgery cutting our uh our uh our honeymoon short and and I wrote that down because I was at a point in my life where I was like man when are these punches gonna stop and what was crazy was like I think I started the list with the intention of of finding excuses as to why I wasn't where I wanted to be in life and when I finished that list Jeff I was like holy crap I made it through all this and it actually had the opposite, right? Where I was looking for an excuse as to why I wasn't where I was wanted to be. I looked at that list and I was like, if I can dominate this, still uh, buy a house, sell a house, get a new job, move to a new city, up my net worth through all these punches. I'm like, okay, I found that I'm resilient. And it's almost that that track record of my resiliency that helped give me the confidence now for some of those things that that can come into play moving forward. Um, and I mentioned moving to a new city and I, I wanted to touch on this because I saw it was pinned on, on your on your Twitter page. And it's it's my favorite poem, Rudyard Kipling, if poem. And, and I just want to take a, a, a moment to acknowledge that poem because of how much it means to me. Um, when I first started my career in TV, moving 750 miles away from home, my dad gave me a stack of papers and, and on top of it was that if poem. Um, and, and it's stuck with me ever since. I'm interested to know what it means to you and and that what that significance of that poem means to how you operate as a man. Yeah, uh, it's a wonderful poem. I remember the first time I heard it, I think it was in 1994, I was 14 years old and it just hit me. It was a, a manual to mental toughness, a manual how to take the punches and keep rolling. You know, if you can lose it all on a game of pitch and toss. You know, when I was a little kid, I thought, man, that's stupid. Why are you risking it all? And now I hear it differently. It's like, you know, you lay it all out there in life. You you give all of yourself. And if it doesn't work out, that's okay. You scratch yourself off and don't complain about it afterwards. You talked about the excuses, looking, looking for excuses and why things happen to you. And if you take that mindset into things, you're not going to get where you want to go. If you take the self-ownership, you'll get to a different route because if you believe you have control over your circumstances, over your well-being, over your happiness, you are now empowered to live mm -hmm. the life you want to. If you're finger pointing, you never have a chance to change that. So the Kipling poem, I mean, if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it. And which is more, you'll be a man, my son, you know build the unforgiving minute you get out there and you do stuff don't be sitting down and pointing fingers and wondering what happened to you make it happen you are in control of your life so my favorite poem went over well on twitter <laughs> yeah no it, it really did and and it's resonated with me and it, it's been uh, a poem that i've revisited many many times through the years since my father first gave it to me and it's it's really like at the end of the day when i put my head on my pillow exhausted that feels good, man. Like I know from the moment my feet hit the ground at 2.20 a.m. when my alarm goes off, no snooze button. And, and I went, went to work, came back, worked out, record these podcasts, spend time with my life, my wife, love on my wife, uh, spend time with the dog and all that. And then get ready for work the next day, do my evening routine. I put my head on the pillow. 
that feels good. I feel accomplished. I'm thankful for the effort that I put in knowing that I've left it all out on the line that day. 100%. And uh, yeah, I feel bad because I see a lot of guys getting distracted, you know, not realizing that that is the point of life to pursue your mission and build something, build something for yourself. And it doesn't have to be this huge thing. You don't have to be the next Elon Musk. You just have to know what's important to you. Do you want to create a family that's well connected and a peaceful home where you, your kids are raised in a good environment? Well, then pour your effort into that instead of going and, you know, um, you're having Zach on the, on the show in a few weeks. He always talks about the person that goes to work and they give it all work. And then they come home and they sit on the couch and then that's all your family sees. So I think it's just important to be really intentional about what, what are you trying to build and not to get distracted by the media, the news, the sports, the video games, whatever it is. Cause like you just described, when you lay your head on the pillow at the end of the day, satisfaction will come from what you did to pursue your deliberate goals. Yeah, no, absolutely. This, this is a perfect segue into my next question because I want to address some of the guys that are listening here in terms of you know, what areas of life a man should focus on. Uh, because I think there are so many guys that are lost. Um, and and I, I wrote a reflection the other day in, in my notes app because, you know, it just popped into me. And I said, you know, I see a lot of guys almost wishing and striving for freedom. Um, and you mentioned being so going sober a few years back. I, I, I see so many guys who are struggling and wishing for freedom, not realizing that they're slaves to their vices. Mm-hmm. And they, they don't know how to get away from some of those vices. Um, what areas of life do you think a man should focus on to maybe find some of the, that foundation and, and maybe some of that self-confidence to pursue their dreams, pursue their life? Because some of them don't even feel the, the, I guess they don't even feel the permission to do it. I think the biggest problem is a lot of guys don't know what they want, you know, and if you don't know what you want, you know, if you have a roadmap to a destination, you can get there. But if you don't even know the destination, you can't even find a roadmap to get there. So you really need to know what is important to you when, when you're looking back, when you're 70, 80 years old, what's going to matter to you and then work backwards from there, figure out what it is you want. Um, if you want a nice family, if you want to leave a legacy of your influence on children, then focus on building a family. You know, if you want to get rich, you should focus on that. You can focus on multiple things at a time. Uh, it just should be what you want to accomplish. And it shouldn't, that decision doesn't happen by accident. You know, try not to let other, other things influence what that decision is. It's a really personal thing. Um, you know, if you have no idea what it is, start with fitness, get your, get your, aid the mind in a way, you know, you walk by the mirror and see what you've accomplished. You start feeling better. If I could have you repeat that one part where you said, start with fitness, uh, you froze a little bit on this side. I'll have my editor take that out, but you said, start with fitness. So if a guy doesn't know what they're going to want to do at all, and you have no idea you're a bit lost, I recommend that you start with fitness because I've seen it over and over again, that the body can lead the mind in a way. So if you throw yourself into either losing the weight you need to lose or gaining the strength that you'd like to have, you're going to get this positive feedback cycle. Every time you walk through the next to the mirror, you're going to see concrete evidence that you were able to take control of your circumstances and your world is going to change. You're going to feel better about yourself. And when you feel better about yourself, other people treat you better. So um, fitness is almost like the big hack to uh, getting your mind right and moving forward. And it's, it's not a hack, it's hard work, but it is an area that if you focus on, it pays you back more than you think you would. If you don't, if you've never done it before, you'd be surprised if you commit to it, how 
good that's going to make you feel and how much other areas of your life will improve as a result. Yeah, no, absolutely. I feel like fitness bleeds into almost everything else. And it's something as simple as being on vacation with my wife at the pool and an older gentleman walking across the pool to shake my hand. He's like, hey, man, you out, you're out here looking good. And, and it's it's not like an ego thing, right? We're, we're all out on vacation. We're enjoying ourselves. We're all indulging at the moment. But for someone to come in my relaxation and recognize, like, hey, I know the work you put in when you're not here. Right. And you could see other people who might not be putting in the same work, no disrespect to them, but that it may, you can't help but feel good when someone goes out of their way to compliment you on that. Kind of like wearing a new pair of shoes or a new shirt that someone says, Oh, I like that shirt. You, you get this confidence about you, but imagine you didn't just buy the shirt for $20 off, the, off of Amazon. You actually put in the work and no one could give that to you or gift it to you. It's only a result that you get from doing the reps. Um, you, yeah, you mentioned. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just wanted to jump in a little more. Like you're leading the way and you're setting a good example. And a lot of people have these limiting beliefs that things aren't possible. So I love it. If someone starts talking to me about my state of fitness and I can also tell them, you know, I used to be 260 pounds. I used to be an alcoholic. I used to have these issues, but I was able to do it. So, and especially with children, like I love to um, coach, uh, coach youth sports in the community. And I take that role really seriously because I don't know who the kids have at home. I don't know who their male role models are. So I want to show them like you can live a good life. You can live a healthy life. You can stay strong and active. You know, I'm 43 years old, but I'm still going to get in a foot race with them and stuff. So I want them to know that's possible. And that makes me feel good knowing that not it's not just my words. I'm showing them this possibility. Yeah, no, it's all about what's possible. And you talked about the foot race. It reminds me of my my good friend Charles. He's got twin boys. They're play they're D one athletes now, playing college football. And he, he always used to tell them, he's like, I want my boys to know they can't beat me until at least they're eighteen. And and when the pandemic first hit a few years back, they were seniors, and obviously the school shut down. And we were out on a horse farm. It was me, him, and the twins, and they were working out with us. And it was amazing to see these two 18-year-old football players getting ready to go into college football, trying to keep up with us, right? And they're like, man, you guys are so strong. And man, you you guys are out here getting it. You mentioned leading by example. And, and my friend was a really, really good mentor for me on that in terms of like, yeah, his kids look up to him for fitness. They look up to him for how to show up in their everyday lives. And one thing you mentioned about, you know, those guys not knowing what they want or where they're going. Right. And, uh, and I forgot who said the quote, but you know, to a man who doesn't know a destination, no wind is favorable. Right. Mm -hmm. um, when you pick a destination, when you pick a direction, the world that we live in today doesn't even wait for the microwave to hit zero before opening the door and taking the food out. Right. I call it a microwave society where we want everything instant, but I've been on this 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 kind of trend lately, and I've been saying it like this in terms of having a macro vision with micro action, right? Mm -hmm. Or micro execution, macro vision, micro execution, because the day you plant the seed is not the day you eat the fruit. How important is it for 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 guys to understand that, like, hey, you could pick a direction, but you're not going to get there tomorrow, bro. Yeah. It's amazing you said that because the thing I probably say most often to guys in the fraternity is align your long-term vision with your short-term actions. That's what it always <laughs> comes down to. And fortunately, I've always been a long-term thinker. It's served me with real estate investing, um, planting a lot of seeds and, you know, especially with money, like get, get rich quick. Some guys can do it, but they're very much prone to losing it, but the get, get rich slow is much more, um, 
dependable, your probability of success goes way up, your probability of keeping it goes way up. And, uh, you know, I, I take things back to money because that's what I know, but it does apply in a lot of other areas. If you're trying to build a strong foundation in your family and you try to really rush it, you're, you're not going to build the strongest foundation. But if you're patient, little actions every day, while they're still aligned to your long-term vision, if you can take your short-term actions every single day and align them towards your long-term vision, it's amazing what can happen in the course of a couple of years, five years, a decade. Yeah. Head down, keep crushing, get up, check the vision, check the compass, head down, keep crushing. Um, I, I'm interested to know um, a little bit more about you, Jeff. What are, I guess, maybe some lessons in life you you learned the hard way because I was a knucklehead growing up and there's there's some times where I, I got to a certain point and I was like man I need to start listening to others because I keep I keep finding out things that people told me a while back I could have saved some money in jail time if I would have just listened <laughs> yeah I mean we all have our own uh our own journeys I guess if you want to know about me personally I lost my mom when I was six years old and I went to an all-boys school and I had a couple of stepmothers, um, but I wasn't around any females. So it took me a long time to learn how to interact with females and how females worked. And I did things the wrong way a couple of times. Um, it took me a long time. Now I live in a house where I have my wife and my daughter and I'm surrounded by females. But uh, learning that that was probably my struggle in my 20s. Yeah. Um, fortunately, there's a lot of good information out there. And uh uh, there's a lot of bad information out there. I've been good at discerning what the good information from the bad information is uh, coming back to learning about myself, learning what works, uh, leaning back towards the good things. And I guess my, the moral of the story is I, today I, I have very, very good relationships with my wife, with my daughter. Um, so it's a, it's a longer one. I'm not sure how to sum up in a podcast real quick, but I would say that was my, my biggest mental hurdle to overcome because other things, you know, and I mean, I mentioned I had an issue with alcohol. I drank too much. That was probably related to my childhood, uh, getting real honest with myself and looking myself in the mirror. I was able to know that there was an issue that needed to be faced. So I guess I didn't hide from it. Um, I delayed it probably longer than I should. I was 34 when I stopped drinking alcohol. I probably knew by the time I was 25 that it would be a good idea to stop. But I did keep the awareness and uh, was able to shut it off before I did any long-term damage to my life. Uh, facing and not running from your problems, acknowledging things, not not hiding behind your wins. I see a lot of people who have good careers and and bad everything else. So then they just focus all on their careers. But if you um, if you really want to move forward in life, I use the in, the inchworm um, the inchworm example in that an inchworm moves by moving up its backside and then moving forward, moving up its backside and moving forward. And that's how I see real progress made as a man is when you stop hiding from your weaknesses, you address the weakness and you bring them up to another foundation. Then you can take your strengths and go even higher. Mm, I love that because we mentioned once on the podcast about you know. You you have guys that are crushing it at work and they're always working late because they have a sense of respect and control while at home it's chaos. Mm -hmm. So they avoid the home because they just they don't know how to control the household or you know, they're they're afraid of going home. So they're 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 sticking to what makes them feel good, that comfort zone setup, right? Where if you don't address what's neglected, you know, it's gonna end up taking the whole house down and it takes everything down. 
Comfort, comfort kills. Um, yeah. Comfort is a trap that a lot of men fall into. And when you seek the comfort, uh, you should actually do the opposite. I, I actively look for the uncomfortable. Like, what do I not want to do? For a long time, it was appearing on podcasts or talking on social media. Uh, it was uncomfortable. I was hiding. I didn't want some boogeyman ramification of something that that was going to happen to me. Or I was afraid of looking stupid. You know, I'm going to say something and I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, of course you don't. You just started. So yeah. once you can get over the fear of looking stupid, you can move forward. There's a lot of fears. Get over yeah. your fears. Lean into the discomfort. Yeah, right now I'm leaning into the discomfort of sales. Uh, I used to always, I'm not good at sales. I'm not at sales. I'm not at sales now. You know, working with the that no, right, the rejection and and leaning into that more and reading books, reframing things, reshaping it, and and really understanding how to make what's uncomfortable comfortable. Case in point, working in TV, I used to be a news anchor, and when they first offered me the job, I told them I was like, you know, in high school, I was terrified to read out loud, right, like. <laughs> reading out loud i would read the paragraphs before my turn and then the person in front of me would read two paragraphs and the whole class would have to deal with me stumbling through to to get to something and then for five six years i was an anchor and i was reading four or five hours a day in front of thousands and thousands of people and, and that is now a skill that i have that i'm thankful that i acquired but had I stayed comfortable, I would have never gotten that, would have never had the advancement in my career or the job opportunities that came afterwards. So this that's the perfect, right? yeah, sorry. That's the perfect story for people to hear. I mean, because you overcame a fear, it took you to being on TV and in front of people. Like people need to hear that kind of stuff more. It's because uh, once you see someone do it, like you, you did it. That's a concrete example. No one can argue with that. Like that is a fact. I'm sure people knew you in school and saw you struggling reading and now they see you on TV. <laughs> Like, yeah. what are you, what, what are you afraid to do? Yeah. Right. And actually the, the Emmy was when I was an anchor and I was reading and got an Emmy for it. So it's amazing when you lean into your discomfort, how far it can actually take you where so many guys. And one of the questions I, I was going to ask was, you know, what do you think it is that's holding guys back? And I'd imagine it's, it's comfort, but uh, if you have anything else that you think is holding guys back, I'd love to hear some of that insight as well. Yeah, I mean, comfort, uh, fear, and limiting beliefs. I mean, we we think we are something, and we can't picture ourselves as being something different. You know, back when I was overweight, I wore an extra large shirt, and I never could have imagined that that would not be my size. You know, my dad was three hundred pounds, my uncle was three hundred pounds. That's just how we are. You know, we're gonna we're gonna be extra larges. Mm -hmm. And when I started buying a large, I'm like, oh, I wonder how long this will last until it reverts back. And I didn't realize like, no, that's who I am. And that was under my control is these limiting beliefs. And it happens about money. It happens about relationships. It happens, whatever, you know, from when you're a kid is, is like an anchor and it doesn't have to be that way. There's a lot of guys out there, you know, I mean, if you look at some, some of the huge businessmen in the world, they see reality as possibilities. And a lot of people see reality as, you know, this small little box. So it's it's so much of this life goes on inside of your own head. So when you can open it up to possibility, the sky's the limit. Yeah, sky's the limit, possibilities everywhere. My problem is, you know, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So mm -hmm. you, you see all these opportunities. And for me, I had to learn to kind of scale back a little bit and stay focused because uh, when I first started getting into entrepreneurship, I was like, oh, I could do this, I could do that, I could do that. Did too much. I had to kind of scale it back and put hone in on one. Um one foundation I want to talk about, because we, we talked about fitness and, and something you reverted to also was, was money and, and finances. And I think it's very important for, for men to hone in on this, get it together. It's also something I continue to work on 
myself, um, when it comes to the financial aspect, whether it be through real estate investing, whether it be through normal investing, what would you advise someone who's listening who might want to get a hold of their finances or might want to set themselves up financially for a prosperous future? What steps should somebody take initially, halfway, or even further down the line? I guess it really depends on where you're starting. Like if you're in a lot of consumer debt, that's different than if you have, you know, disposable income that you can, you can save. I would say that, you know, you hear a lot of advice online and, and Twitter and whatnot, and it's all about just making more. And I'm the opposite of that. I really think you need to look at your personal spending and what is your monthly, what's your monthly nut? What does it cost to get by every month? And most people I look at, it's, it's got way more fluff in there than needs to be. And a lot of it for me, I've never been a material guy. I see a lot of material spending as wasteful. And especially when you make the connection that you're exchanging it for freedom, financial freedom, you know, as soon as you can get your investment income over your monthly nut, now you're financially free. Now you can decide to do whatever you want to do. If you love your job, that's great. Keep working it. If you don't love your job, now you can pursue another job. So if by keeping your expenses low, you can invest more, you will get to that financial freedom uh, position quickly. You know, if you're if your spending is higher, it's going to take you a much longer to create the investment income that will support your monthly spend. So I think a lot of people who are not yet financially free would benefit from looking at the spending equation as as much as the uh, income equation. Obviously, do both. I'm not saying don't make more money, make more money, too. But really look at your expenditures, because I've seen spending take out significant wealth. I've seen it personally. I've seen it in stories. There's a great book about the Vanderbilts blowing through money, but uh, reckless spending can take you out despite what money Twitter wants to say. And they want to make fun of the latte factor. I'll make my coffees at home and I'll get rich. Guess what? There is something to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There absolutely is. And, and I understand where, you know, when we mention quote unquote, the golden handcuffs, a lot of times it's for some people who've established a lifestyle, they have a mortgage and a car payment and, and certain luxuries to maintain. And, you know, and they're like, okay, I could finance the pool in the back and uh, we got to redo the deck. I, I could finance that too. And, you know, I could borrow it against the house and it's like, okay, you're, you're going to be paying that monthly. Whereas, you know, you, you could be making interest on the money you have instead of paying interest on the money you spent. Um, and that that makes all the difference and and pushes the tide one way or another. Um, I'm I'm curious uh, as as we're coming towards the end of the of the episode, Jeff. What what is your vision and your purpose as a man for for your your community, your family, the fraternity of excellence as well? It, kind of being a leader in a lot of areas, I'm interested in to know what the the vision, the purpose, and goal is. Yeah. So right now in my life. Um taken over as a co-owner of the Fraternity of Excellence, that has become my main professional mission, but also a very personal one. The way I see it is um, communities like the one you have and like the one I have, they are not well known that they even exist. People don't know that you can use these tools to completely level up your life. I've seen it over and over with guys in the fraternity where if they didn't come in, they would not have had the community to help them level up. So, I don't know. I think far less than 1% of men even understand that there are these types of groups around. So my my personal mission is to spread the word and kind of get the word out um, so that they understand not only do they exist, but it's a good thing to do it. You know, there's nothing weak about, you know, paying money to join a community that's going to help you get where you're going. A lot of men make the decision on who to be friends with, who to spend time with, uh, 
by proximity, whoever's my neighbor, whoever's at this sports bar, whoever's whatever. But we know we are heavily influenced by the people we spend the most time with. So that should be a deliberate decision. And that's something I'm hoping to help people understand. It's because I deliberately sought out men that would help me grow versus stuck with my buddies who were not interested in growth. You know, I'm still friends with them, but I spend my time with the people that are going to help me grow. So that is my main mission. And, you know, obviously uh, making sure my kids have a good life and I guide them in the right direction and they're both doing extremely well. And as a family, we're happier than we've ever been. So, you know, that doesn't mean the game's over. We keep on working. We keep on making sure we're prioritizing each other uh, and keeping uh keeping focused on what's important in life. I'm a simple guy. I just, you know, I try to run my businesses and and spend time with my family and uh, help other men grow and keep growing myself. Amen to that, brother. No, I love it. And and, and what I love with the fraternity of excellence, which you guys say a lot, and I see Zach Smalls, he, he, he tweets it a lot, you know, it's not just an online group. Mm-hmm. And and Modern Man originally started off as YouTube series and then live events and live conferences. And, and then we went virtual when the pandemic hit. And um, what was great was having really the culmination of the panel and the men that I first kind of connected with was all through social. It was a DM to a business owner in, on Instagram that led to a coffee meetup that led to that business owner's video crew coming in to record the very first modern man, which led to the events, the the pistol training classes that we've done, the date nights that we've had and, and all these other conversations that we've been able to have all because I sent a DM on Instagram to someone else who I looked up to and respected. So I I love the fact that you're, you're getting the word out there because a lot of guys listening right now, whether it's the modern man with the noble knights group whether it's the fraternity of excellence get plugged in to some guys who are going to pressure you a little bit to be better because that's the other thing is when you talk about proximity we make friends with oh, okay hey we like the same sports team we go to the sports bar we have a couple beers we cheer for our team we go home and we don't even talk about the problems we're having with our marriage or the issues we might be having at work. And we have these shallow relationships, which leave us empty, which is why so many men feel so alone because they don't have those deep, meaningful relationships that actually pressure them to be vulnerable and address the areas that are lacking in life. Because if I don't show you what's lacking, Jeff, you're never going to be able to call me out on my crap. And if you don't call me out of my crap, I'm never going to be pressured to improve it like the inchworm and pull the backside up. So I, I, I love that. Um, where can folks find you on Twitter, social, the Fraternity of Excellence, get connected with some of the work that you guys are doing and, and really all the tools that you're sharing, as you mentioned, how this could change men's lives. Where can folks get the links and, and all the info? You can find me on Twitter at Jeffrey Higgins. I'm on Instagram at Jeff Hig. And we just created a free Facebook group called the Path to Excellence. So you can kind of get like a look inside the fraternity before you join. So Path to Excellence on Facebook, Jeff Hig on Instagram, Jeffrey Higgins on Twitter. I love that. And I'll have those uh, links in the show notes. Uh, uh, Jeff, this has been amazing. Before we wrap up, one of the last questions I always ask on the podcast, and this is a little bit of a deeper one, but um, it, it's it's gotten some great valuable answers out of it. And I and I have no doubt this one's going to be valuable as well. And it's it's simply, you know, what is something that has happened to you or something that you've seen in the world that shapes the way you view the world as a man? 
You have to give me some time on that, man. That's, that's heavy. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's a heavy I, one. Take all the time you need. I'm not afraid of dead space. No, I see stuff happen every day. Um, I see despair. I see people giving up. You hear about suicide. Um, to narrow it down to one event is really, really tough. The thing that's coming to mind is uh, the whole messaging of media in general and telling men, you know, toxically masculine, stuff like that. that that's coming to mind right now because I feel like the messaging of telling young boys, especially that something's wrong with them because of natural things um, that creates a problem. So you start suppressing yourself because you're told uh, not to be yourself or that this part about you is bad. So I think rejecting external messaging, no matter who it's from, if it's from people, you know, if it's from society, if it's from the media, even if it's from your friends, uh, just becoming a completely independent thinker, and knowing where you want to go based on you and your principles and your ideals. Once you can tune out everything that doesn't make sense to you that you don't believe in strongly, then you know where to go, then you can get on the right path. That's your map. That's when you know what you want. And once you once you know what you want, you can build towards that end goal. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. I, I, I spent much of my high school career weak and suppressing my strength. And it wasn't until really after college that I found fitness, found the gym, found um, an expression for some of the energy and the aggression that I had, which only equaled more balance and level-headedness in my life. And I was, I just remember thinking, I wish I would have known how to direct this energy earlier. I wish I would have known how to build positively earlier instead of just trying to bottle something up for so long and thinking something was wrong with me. So I appreciate you saying that because it's so true. And I know there's some guys that are listening, watching right now on YouTube who could resonate as well. Jeff Higgins, co-owner of the Fraternity of Excellence. I appreciate you being on the show, man. This has been hugely valuable. It's been great connecting with you. And I'm looking forward to uh, connecting even more and engaging on Twitter, brother. Absolutely. Thanks, Ted. It was great meeting you. Hope to do it live someday. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I'm going to recap some of the, the the gems that you left along the way because hugely valuable. And I know a lot of guys listening and even the ladies that listen to might be working out, cleaning while listening. Don't worry, I took the notes for you. Uh, we don't know what we don't know. Get yourself a community, get yourself some trusted uh, brothers or even some trusted sisters that could look at your flank and let you know where you're slacking. Um, I could not have gotten this to this point alone. Uh, iron sharpens iron. Have a, a group with you. If you want to go fast, you can go alone. But if you want to go far, take a community with you. And we make it through these situations. How many hard times have you been through? How many punches have you made it past? And how many adversities have you withstood to get to here right now? If you're listening to this, you've made it through everything that you've been through. So you can pursue your mission, gain confidence, and understand that you are capable, you are resilient, and you could get to that next level. The body can lead the mind for, for anybody who's familiar with with, uh, I've talked about cognitive behavioral therapy. The three things that drive us would be the emotions, the feelings, and our behaviors. And really, if I tell you to think about a pink elephant, boom, I've infiltrated your thoughts. If I remind you of a lost loved one or a sad moment or a happy moment, or you watch a movie, boom, I've infiltrated your emotions. What you truly have control over is your behavior. The body can lead the mind. And by working out, by 
finding out the power that you have to mold your own body, that will give you the confidence to mold other areas of your life and let it bleed everywhere. Face your problems. Use the inch word method, as Jeff mentioned. Advance your weaknesses and then push the lead forward. Comfort kills. Search for that discomfort and don't let your limiting beliefs keep you in an identity that you don't want to be locked into. Kill the fluff. And of course, be an independent thinker through life. And as always, be sure to lead into a group like the Fraternity of Excellence or the Noble Knights to help you get to the next level. Guys, we appreciate you making it to the end. Thank you so much. If you got value from this, you already know what I'm going to ask. Hit the like button, subscribe button, share this with a friend that you know can get value from it. And of course, uh, make sure you leave us a rating so we know how we're doing so we can improve for you guys that listen. As we always say at the end of the episode, guys, Everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without first the pain. Let's grow. Let's get past the day. I think we're gonna do a great job.